The readings we have heard today are terrible stories. The narrative about the horrific death of John the Baptist I will speak about briefly next week. For today, I will focus on the reading from 2 Samuel. I have included verses the lectionary leaves out because difficult stories should be heard. They make us think. The lectionary, by the way, is basically the best bits of the Bible arranged in a three-year cycle so that worshippers get to hear a wide range of the scriptures every week. This particular story about God striking Uzzah dead just because he reaches out to stop the ark toppling over always makes me question the God I think I know. The writers in With Love to the World which is a commentary on the weekly lectionary readings, suggests that the Bible generally depicts God as holy and good, but not necessarily safe. The ancient Israelites knew that to see the Lord could lead to death. Remember how Moses had to cover his shining face after seeing God so that the people would not be terrified? Or how God passes by Moses? so that he only catches a glimpse of God's splendour. Only God's backside, not the front side, apparently. When the Ark of the Covenant arrives at its final resting place within the temple that David's son will build, it is placed into an inner sanctum called the Holy of Holies. This inner sanctum was separated from the temple with a heavy curtain and the holy relics were covered with a veil just in case the holiness of God should shine forth and strike a priest dead. Sometime after the destruction of the first temple, the one built by Solomon, David's son, the Ark of the Covenant goes missing, never to be mentioned again in the Old Testament scriptures. A fact, by the way, that has sparked our imaginations. Remember the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark? Throughout Israel's history, right up until the destruction of the Second Temple in 66 AD, only priests could enter the Holy of Holies on one day of the year at the festival of Yom Kippur. This holy day is a day of repentance, purification and the forgiveness of sins for the entire nation of Israel. It is puzzling for us as 21st century thinkers to get our heads around God's presence being confined, held and concentrated within a wooden box? What is going on here? And what is the Ark of the Covenant in the first place, you may well ask? The Ark of the Covenant was made by Moses to house the tablets of the law, the covenant agreement between God and God's people. Hebrews tells us that it also contained a golden pot of manna the food the Israelites ate as they wandered the wilderness, and Aaron's flowering rod, a kind of cane or walking stick. This miraculous budding of dead wood indicated which tribe God had chosen to perform the priestly duties and religious rites of ancient Israel. The Ark of the Covenant is clearly a big deal because it holds within it the people's story, the story of their relationship with God. There are some really cool, interesting side stories about the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. At one stage, it is captured by the Philistines, who decide the best place for it to sit is right beside their own god, Dagon, in Dagon's temple. Well, 
That all ends in disaster. The Philistines wake him one morning to see the statue of Dagon fallen flat on his face in front of the ark, its head and hand severed. Scary stuff, right? So of course they want to get it out of there. They ask a neighbouring Israelite village to come collect it. And as it enters the village, the rejoicing Israelites drop dead after setting their gaze upon it. With my 21st century thinking firing and my basic understanding of human psychology, I do wonder if poor old Uzzah, aware of the Ark's history, simply falls dead due to sheer fright and terror, realising in a split second the danger of his well-intentioned action. Well, that's the way I deal with this difficult story. However, it is only a theory. Some things we just have to keep in the mystery box, or perhaps for a moment in the afterlife, when we can have a chat with Uzzah to get his side of the story. The best thing about today's difficult story is the way it forces us to remember the God we think we know. Like the ancient Israelites and King David, do we also tend to put God in a box? Do we only engage with God for an hour of a Sunday within the walls of our church buildings, as if they too are a temple that contains God's holy presence? When we read the stories of King David and his desire to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to the new capital, Jerusalem, there are hints in the scriptures that suggest this action may be more about national pride and keeping control over God instead of honouring God. God tells David, I have always been with you. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. That's with or without the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, mind you. The psalmist tells us that God is always with us, as close to us as our own breath, and the Apostle Paul speaks of God who is much closer to us than we think, for in him we live and move and have our being. The idea of God being so close to us is both wonderful and terrifying. Wonderful when we are travelling along well with God, and wonderful when we desperately need God to walk right beside us in difficult times, those times when we need someone close by to hold our hand in the valleys of darkness. Terrifying when we are unwilling to let God be at the centre of our lives, and terrifying when we want to go our own way and act according to our own will and desires. Is it easier and safer to keep God boxed in, compartmentalised to only certain parts of our lives, or certain days of the week, or particular times of the day? When we hear these difficult stories, we approach them with much more than our 21st century thinking. We approach them with the knowledge and understanding of the God we know revealed in Jesus Christ. The God we know broke out of the box about 2,000 years ago and became one of us, a human being. Remember the Holy of Holies in the Jerusalem Temple, 
and the curtain that protected the priest and the people from God's splendour? At the moment Jesus died upon the cross, Matthew tells us that the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart. Matthew tells us about this so that we understand the difference Jesus makes. In Jesus, we reach out to God without fear, despite the fact that in him the fullness of God resides. We have access to God and God's splendor and no longer need to fear the awesomeness of God. A couple of weeks ago, we heard the story of the bleeding woman, a nobody, an unclean outcast who reaches out to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. She is fearful of his reaction and must nearly die of fright when he turns around to her. But then he calls her daughter and her life is never the same again. At the end of John's Gospel, we hear another story about someone reaching out to Jesus. When Thomas sees the resurrected Jesus, Jesus broken out of the grave, he cannot believe the good news. Instead of Jesus reprimanding him for his lack of belief, Thomas receives an invitation to reach out and touch the scars of crucifixion that mark Jesus' body. We too have received the invitation to reach out and know Jesus as our Lord and our God. I'm guessing that is why you have taken the time to read or listen to today's sermon. Perhaps, though, you are simply curious about this whole Jesus thing. So here is a word of warning. Yes, Jesus is all holy, loving and good, but he is also dangerous because when you commit to him, As your Lord and your God, your life will never be the same again. Jesus' invitation to follow him and believe in his message is serious business because it claims us at the depths of our very being. Today is Communion Sunday when we would normally remember Jesus in the ritual of taking bread and wine or juice, just as his friends did at the Last Supper. Today, as we worship in isolation, I will not lead us through the words of communion. Instead, I want us to simply remember Jesus, the one who grants us access to God by being God in the flesh, approachable, understanding, forgiving and with us evermore in spirit. Take some time to think about why you have chosen to follow him. What is it about Jesus that makes all the difference to your life? And then, if you feel you are ready, recommit yourself once again to the only one who can grace us with life in abundance. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We will now contemplate and meditate on the wonder of Jesus with the hymn Jesus, remember me.